Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Good evening and thank you so much for joining us. Tonight, the head of the World Health Organization is sounding the alarm about coronavirus, saying this is not a drill. At this hour, thousands are on board the Grand Princess cruise ship, which is being held off the California coast until widespread testing of passengers and crew can be completed. Tonight, there are at least 12 deaths and more than 200 cases confirmed right here in the U.S. But the vice president today admitted the country does not currently have enough test kits to find out if others are sick. Our team of correspondents has every angle covered. Jamie Yukas leads us off from San Francisco. And so, Jamie, what are you learning tonight about the state of this cruise ship? Well, Nora, this is what we know. 35 passengers on the Grand Princess cruise ships showed symptoms of the coronavirus. That's why it is still out at sea. The governor of California saying it cannot dock here. And tests are right now underway. The U.S. Coast Guard today delivered coronavirus test kits to the Grand Princess cruise ship. Tonight, more than 3,000 passengers and crew members are idling some 70 miles from San Francisco, banned from docking there because California health officials fear they may have been exposed to the deadly virus. Will everybody on board the cruise ship be tested or just a certain select number of people? Uh, the, the CDC is, uh, will select who is uh, be tested, but we, they are testing folks who were symptomatic first. Those tests will be analyzed at this high-security California state lab. Passengers will not be allowed to disembark until results are released, which is expected as early as tomorrow. Laura and Leah are on the ship. I don't want to go home. I don't want to go home to my family because I don't want to take anything to them. Right. I don't want to take it to my city if I happen to have it on my clothes or whatever. I don't even know. The cruise liner disembarked from San Francisco on February 21st, making four stops in Hawaii. It was heading to Ensenada, Mexico, but then was ordered back to San Francisco. 
It's the same Princess cruise ship that traveled from San Francisco to Mexico last month, where at least two passengers contracted the virus, including a 71-year-old man who died in isolation at a hospital yesterday. And tonight, Washington state's death toll continues to rise. Eleven have been killed by the virus here. More than half linked to Life Care Nursing Home. Families are frustrated. This is not quarantine. There is no quarantine here. This, is, this disease is running rampage through this facility. Back here in San Francisco, the next Grand Princess Hawaii cruise departing March 7th is canceled. Late today, the company announced it will refund passengers. Nora. All right, Jamie, thank you. CBS News was reporting inside an emergency room today when doctors learned a patient they tested there on Wednesday has the virus. Adriana Diaz reports tonight from Chicago, where doctors hope telemedicine could also help prevent spreading the coronavirus. We were at Rush University Medical Center when the fifth Illinois coronavirus case was confirmed. To keep our staff safe, to keep our patients safe as well. So that Dr. Paul Casey treated him. That's Dr. Casey on the left in the coronavirus patient's room. He used a tablet to conference in an infectious disease expert. We brought the patient in through our a, a separate entrance that our other patients are using. The patient is a male in his 20s, one of the youngest in the U.S. infected so far. He traveled to Italy and is now in stable condition. The case spotlights the front lines hospitals like Rush are now on. They're now using virtual visits to address patient concerns and prevent infected patients from entering the ER. In the three hours we were there, they conducted six video chats with concerned patients. To see how it works, we used the system to interview Dr. Mita Shaw. What's the benefit of having a patient who might be worried about having coronavirus dial into this system versus come into the emergency room? We prefer not to unnecessarily expose other healthy individuals to the virus if it can be avoided. So the last thing we would want is a patient to have a lot of risk factors, sit in a busy waiting room, and potentially infect other individuals. We were in the middle of an interview when that news broke of the fifth Illinois patient and that the patient was here at the same hospital where we were. Now, the patient was brought into this specially designated ambulance entrance that is only for potential coronavirus patients because it bypasses the ER and takes them straight into isolation. Nora. All right, Adriana. Thank you. The outbreak is changing the way businesses operate. Starbucks is now banning reusable cups that are meant to reduce waste over concern that they could spread the virus. Stores are running out of protective equipment and hand sanitizers. And as Anna Werner reports tonight, there's also an alarming trend online. From coast to coast, retail stores are selling out. Big shortage. We haven't had any face mask in three to four weeks now. Every day there are more coronavirus cases and fewer supplies. Also hand sanitizer we ran out today. We had a, the last of it. It's gone. I came in here and wanted Purell. You can't buy Purell anywhere. Now Kroger, one of the largest grocery chains in the U.S., is rationing some items. Online, they're selling out, too. Sales of virus protection products have surged by 817 percent in the last two months. Some officials report price gouging. This Amazon listing offers four boxes of masks, usually about 20 bucks, for over $1,000. Amazon says it's blocking or removing thousands of offers where bad actors are attempting to artificially raise prices on basic need products during a global health crisis. 
Now New York City is cracking down, issuing $500 fines to any stores found price gouging starting this week. The prices on these were high. Commissioner Lorelei Salas from New York City's Department of Consumer and Worker Protection. This is not a time to be trying to make a, a quick buck on the backs of hardworking people who are just very anxious and scared. At this pharmacy in Manhattan, they're sold out of face marks, uh, face masks, rubbing alcohol, and Purell. Now, we spoke with the manufacturer of Purell today. They're adding extra shifts. They're paying workers additional overtime trying to catch up with all of this. But so far, no word on when supply will meet demand. Nora. That has a lot of people nervous. All right, Anna, thank you. Well, tonight we're learning that government health officials do not have enough medical test kits for Americans who may be exposed to the virus. And some are accusing the administration of giving the public mixed messages on the risks. Paula Reed tonight with more on when Americans should expect to see those tests. As President Trump left the White House today, Mr. President, when will more tests be available? He ignored Mr. questions President, about the lack of tests for the coronavirus. Vice President Mike Pence had said any American would be able to get a test, but in a visit to 3M, the top manufacturer of medical masks, he acknowledged that isn't currently the case. We don't have enough tests today uh, to meet uh, what we anticipate will be the demand going forward. Democratic Senator Patty Murray, whose state of Washington has suffered an outbreak, said she wasn't sure who to believe. I have the same questions that everybody I represent have, is what is the truth? Pence is in Washington state tonight for a briefing on the outbreak. We need an administration that is capable of not only getting uh, out what is needed in this country when it's needed, but also telling people the honest truth, and that was not happening. Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar said there should be enough coronavirus tests sent out this week to cover about 400,000 people, but that is still far short of demand. That experience will get better, but do not be surprised if you hear c concerns a doctor saying, I have a patient, I don't know how to get this done. Today, the Senate passed an $8 billion coronavirus funding package, which President Trump is expected to sign as soon as tomorrow. But that's over three times what the White House originally requested, suggesting the Trump administration did not anticipate the scope of this crisis. Nora. All right, Paula, thank you so much. We want to bring in Dr. David Agus. He is a CBS News medical contributor. All right, Dr. Agus, so if there aren't enough of these tests... How are we going to know how widespread or how deadly this virus is? We just aren't. Um, that's the problem. It's been several weeks, and we still don't have adequate tests here in the United States. I've gotten calls from governors across the country today just saying, you know, what do I do? I mean, I don't know how to know what's happening in my city. I don't know how to quarantine a school when I can't test kids that have, you know, uh, symptoms that could be related to this. And so we hear numbers coming out of Washington. What we need are real tests. And we need a testing protocol. You know, in the United States, if you want to test, you go to an ER, you wait for three hours with everybody coughing and you get a test. That's not the most efficient way to do it. We need order to the system. And also, doctor, people are wondering, how long will this last? So will coronavirus become like a new normal, like the flu, or will it disappear at some point like SARS? 
My gut is it's going to be the new normal. My gut is is that this virus will infect most people or a good number of people around the globe. Most people will have a mild course and it won't be significant. Obviously, the elderly and people with medical conditions we worry about. And the reason we go to draconian measures now and the measures we're talking about closing schools and workplaces is to protect them. We need a national plan for what's going to happen over the next weeks to month with this virus. While we wait for that vaccine. All right. Thank you, Dr. David Agus. Tomorrow, CBS This Morning is dedicating a full hour to coronavirus, the race to respond, including how it's being tracked and treated and how to protect yourself and your family. That's tomorrow on CBS This Morning. At one point last October, Elizabeth Warren was the frontrunner for the Democratic nomination for president. Now Warren is dropping out of the race after failing to win a single primary, not even her home state. Ed O'Keefe reports tonight as America decides. Elizabeth Warren ended her presidential bid right where it began, at her home in Cambridge, Massachusetts. I will not be running for president in 2020. For now, Warren is not endorsing one of the remaining candidates. Let's take a deep breath and spend a little time on that. Warren's exit means that the historically large and diverse Democratic field is now down to Tulsi Gabbard, who's earned two delegates, and Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders, who began the race as the best-known contenders. There are two lanes, a progressive lane that Bernie Sanders is the incumbent for and a moderate lane that Joe Biden is the incumbent for. And there's no room for anyone else in this. I thought that wasn't right, but evidently I was wrong. With six more contests next week, Sanders today flew to a rally in Arizona and canceled plans to visit Mississippi (laughs) to instead double down in Michigan, a state he won in the 2016 primary. We got a very good shot. Uh, to win this thing. Sanders has been banking on increased turnout among a coalition of diverse, younger, and first-time voters. But they didn't show up in large enough numbers for him on Super Tuesday. Progress has been made. We need to make more progress. Meanwhile, frontrunner Joe Biden has raised at least $7 million in the two days since Super Tuesday. And CBS News has learned that Mike Bloomberg continues to spend his personal fortune to defeat President Trump. He plans to deploy staff to six key swing states. And what's the goal with that staff? They are going to be tasked with helping the Democratic nominee turn out the vote. The mayor remains deeply committed to defeating the president, his aides say. All right, Ed, thank you. Breaking tonight, a mother suspected in the disappearance of her two children is now back in Idaho. Lori Vallow arrived a short time ago, and she will face a judge tomorrow. Jonathan Vigliotti has followed this story across multiple states, including Hawaii, where Vallow was arrested. And tonight, the newly released photos authorities hope will break the case open. She looks like she has handcuffs on right there. Do you see? Tonight, video captures Lori Vallow back on the mainland, surrounded by law enforcement, as the FBI releases for the first time the last known image of 17-year-old Tylee Ryan alive on this family trip to Yellowstone National Park. Tylee, her brother JJ, and Uncle Alex Cox, also mom Lori Vallow and JJ. CBS News was the first to report that the focus is now on the park. FBI agents are asking tourists for help, hoping someone may have seen this truck or the kids in Yellowstone on September 8th. The last known image of seven-year-old JJ came a week later, back in Idaho. JJ's grandparents, Larry and Kay Woodcock, first reported the kids missing. Police in Idaho say Vallow repeatedly lied to them about her children's whereabouts. She and her new husband, Chad Daybelt, flew to Hawaii alone, ignoring a court order to produce Tylee and JJ. 
After her arrest, Vallow refused to reveal what happened to the children. Tomorrow, Kay Woodcock will come face to face with Vallow in an Idaho courtroom. What do you want to hear from her? Where they are. <laughs> That's all. That's all. That's all we've ever asked for. And the FBI has opened their mobile command center here in Rexburg as they continue to build their case. They're looking through a trove of digital evidence and say Lori Vallow's adult niece is now cooperating with this investigation, including handing over her computer. Nora? That's a significant development. All right, Jonathan, thank you. Tonight, Time Magazine is making up for lost time, honoring the accomplishments of 100 women over the past century. The special edition marks 100 years since the 19th Amendment gave women equal voting rights. The cover portraits include the suffragettes, scientist Rosalind Franklin, Jacqueline Kennedy, activist Dolores Huerta, author Toni Morrison, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Oprah, and many more. 28,000 school kids entered a contest to name NASA's new Mars rover. And tonight we have a winning entry, Perseverance. Virginia seventh grader Alexander Mother wrote in his winning essay that perseverance is the most important of all human qualities. The rover launches in July and should land on the red planet next week. I agree. Now, a swift response to the devastating tornadoes in Tennessee. Singer Taylor Swift has donated $1 million to an emergency fund. In a statement, Swift wrote, Nashville is my home. And the fact that so many people have lost their homes and so much more is devastating to me. Amy Adams Strunk, the owner of the Tennessee Titans football team, also donated $1 million. They call Tennessee the volunteer state for a reason. The tornadoes had barely left Tennessee this week when thousands began stepping forward to help. Medea Villarreal met one woman who went above and beyond. Early this morning at the corner of two debris-lined streets in northern Nashville, we found Erin Oprea. You're in the military too? Hours after the tornado hit her Nashville neighborhood Tuesday, the former Marine sergeant began mobilizing volunteers. Looks like a war zone. I mean, look at this. The celebrity trainer took to the streets and started a GoFundMe page. So far, it's raised more than $30,000, which Oprea says she'll distribute to neighbors like Terry Warren. I was standing in that house. And when the house started shaking, I just knew it was going to fall apart and everything. The tornado destroyed his home. Now he's sleeping in his car just feet away from Oprea's mobile operation. It's like a miracle. They were there when I needed them the most. It'll take time for the people here to heal. It will never be the same here, and it kills me. I can tell it really kind of tugs at your heart. Music City may have changed, but its character has not. And this week, Tennessee, the volunteer state, lived up to its nickname. Mireya Villarreal, CBS News, Nashville. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, Steve Hartman has an update on a story that touched millions about two unlikely friends and their enduring connection. And just remember, if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. And that is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in Washington. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Good night.
If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.